0: How are you guys doing? Good. You feel like a million bucks? Good. I'll take some of that then after the service. (laughs) Good to see everybody. Seems like we got a lot of people on vacation, but hey, that's this time of year, right? The two most important people are here. You and God. That's right. And that's all we need. You're here, not just for a church service. You're here to have an encounter with the true and living God. It's just that it happens when people gather and we call it a worship service or a church service, but it's so much more than a church service. God is here. You're here. I'm speaking. He's speaking. Jamal's speaking. You guys are speaking. The kids are speaking. It's a grand time. It's a family reunion. As always, we'll begin with an introduction and a review. Last week, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. The title was Loved and Chosen. If you're visiting with us, new with us, we just finished up a series through the book of Acts about four or five weeks ago, headed into the book of Ephesians, and we're slowly plodding through the book of Ephesians. This will be our fifth sermon in the book of Ephesians, and we're already up to verse, chapter 1, verse 5, so we're moving right along. But today, we're going to take two verses. First, let me re- review from Ephesians 1, 4. Even before God made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Think about that. Don't let that just be words on a page or on a screen. Before Genesis 1-1, before God made the world, God loved you. God chose you in Christ. We spent a lot of time on that, explaining that thought last week. We're not going to explain it again today, but I hope you've thought about that. How precious... You are to God. Before he ever created the world, God knew you. He was thinking of you. That's mind-blowing. We're talking about the God of the universe here. Before time began, God planned you. Before time began, God designed a plan for you, a plan for your life. God was intricately involved in forming you in the womb. God was intricately involved in your birth. God was intricately involved in designing and personalizing a plan that he purposed for your life. And it can't get any better than that. Before your life was ever launched into this world, God loved you, chose you, planned a purpose for you. And it's the best it could be. Today, we're moving on from Ephesians 1.4. We're moving to Ephesians 1.5, but actually 5 and 6. So if you'll stand with me, my reader, Carolyn, if you'll come. Is Raya coming for moral support? Okay, very good. So you two can stand together. Is that a good height for you? Speak right into that green ball on top of the mic. You have to speak right into it to be heard.
1: God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself for Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son.
0: You know who's going to be next reading, don't you? Presley. She's pointing up there and talking to me. You may be seated. Today's title, Child of God. Ephesians 1.5. This is mind-blowing stuff. You can't just, like, skim over this stuff. You can't be surface with these first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. Let's explain verse 5 somewhat. God decided in advance. Some of your versions probably have the word predestined in there. God predestined. This is a difficult subject for some people. You hear words like predestination, election, words like that. That, that gives some of us some trouble. We want to keep it as simple as we can today and as relatable as possible. Don't let those big words scare us. Predestined. All it really means is to decide or decree or ordain beforehand. To decide how things are going to be or how things will work out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. In Scripture, God predestines, but it's according to his foreknowledge. Foreknowledge is the ability to know things beforehand. Remember, it's hard for us to to fathom, but God knows everything. God knows everything that is real, and God knows everything that is possible. He not only knows every decision you'll make, he knows how things would have turned out on every decision that you didn't make. When you went this way, he knew everything of how it would have went that way. Mind blowing! God knows everything that is, and God knows everything that could possibly be. You want to trust somebody like that? God knows the end from the beginning. When you know things beforehand, now think this through, it's logical, it's mystical, it's spiritual, but it's also logical. When you know things beforehand, it allows you to plan beforehand. When you know things beforehand, you can strategize according to your foreknowledge. If I'm going on vacation to the Jersey Shore, and I know the Delaware Memorial Bridge is down for repairs... I'll decide on a different route of travel beforehand. Due to my knowledge, due to my knowing of the situation, I'll plan and strategize a different route to the shore. There's some important things to learn about predestination because there's so much, in my opinion, false teaching out there. Predestination, according to foreknowledge, does not mandate action, or activity. This is very important to know. Predestination, according to foreknowledge, because you know in advance, doesn't mandate activity or action. Foreknowledge simply allows one to plan and strategize according to the foreknowledge, because you know in advance. In my above illustration of vacation at the Jersey Shore, Did I in any way force or mandate the Delaware Memorial Bridge to close down? I did nothing to make that bridge close down. But because I knew it was closed down beforehand, I traveled a different route. You following that? It gets kind of thick. It gets kind of deep sometimes. That's because we're dealing with supernatural God here. No, I didn't shut down the Delaware Memorial Bridge. I simply planned accordingly because I knew it was shut down. Predestination, according to foreknowledge, does not eliminate, it does not diminish free will or personal choice. God's foreknowledge, God's predestination does not force folks to do anything. Foreknowledge and predestination simply allow God to decide what he's going to do. His actions, his plan, his strategy, based on that foreknowledge. Because he knows beforehand. He knows what personal choices are going to be made. So he plans accordingly to his foreknowledge. But he doesn't force you to make your personal choices. What do you think? He does not force, God does not force you or me to choose to do anything. Sometimes I wish he would. Sometimes I'd wish he'd make me do what was right. But he doesn't because he created us with free will. We have to choose. He'll never force you to do anything, even though he knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. He does not violate, ever, ever, ever violate our free will. When you look at all the trouble in the world, please don't blame God. The trouble in the world comes from man's free will. And we have an enemy. His foreknowledge and his predestination simply enable him to choose what he's going to do based on... Decisions he knows we will make. Now last week we looked at one of the spiritual blessings that come to believers in Christ. Because of his foreknowledge. It's Romans 8.29. God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Because he knew beforehand who would come to Christ. He loved us and he chose us in advance. Predestined us to become like Jesus he didn't make us come to Jesus he knew we'd come to Jesus so he began the process of making us like Jesus conforming us to his image you still with me today because he knew beforehand who would come to Christ he adopted us as his sons and daughters He didn't force us to become his sons and daughters. But he knew we would choose to come to Christ. So in advance, he adopted us as sons and daughters. Adopted into the family of God. Full-fledged family members of the divine deity. Think about that. Can I just tell you something for a second? Everybody looking up here? You're so much more than you think you are. You see yourself from your perspective, and sometimes Satan helps you with that. We need to start seeing ourselves from God's perspective. You're so much more than you think you are or that you'll ever realize you are until you start to get this stuff down in Christ. It's life-changing. It's revolutionary. Ephesians 1.5. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. That's why we call him Father. Did you ever think about why we call him Father? Why would we ever call God the creator of the universe, the most powerful being that exists? Why would we ever call him Father? That's pretty arrogant on our part, isn't it? Except that He adopted us as his sons and daughters, and he became our father. And that's what we want to talk about today. God decided in advance, because he knew, he knew we'd come to Christ, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Those who come to Jesus become children of God. Adopted. The word, the, the word means it's the custom of choosing or taking someone from one family and legally placing them in another family. Some of you in here have been adopted. You were chosen and taken from your biological family, and you were placed in an adoptive family. Others of you adopted someone. You chose and you took someone from their biological family, And you made them a part of your family. That's adoption. Now, unfortunately, we know earthly adoption does not always work out well. But adoption into God's family always does. Always, always, always. There's no bad adoptions. No adoptions that go wrong, that go bad. In God's family, because he knew beforehand. And he loved and chose beforehand whom he would adopt. He didn't make them come to him, but he knew they would come to him. In the Greek, the word for adoption means full legal custody, it means all the benefits, all the blessings to the one adopted, the same as would be for the natural biological child. Now, here's where it can get even deeper. We try and quiet the distractions as much as you can, maybe keep the the children thinking. We are not God's biological children. We are children of Adam and Eve, our earthly human parents. Chris, could you make sure that door back there gets shut and stays shut? This is going to take some serious thinking on our part. We are not God's biological children. We are children of Adam and Eve, our earthly human parents. We were born after the fall. We were born after they sinned. After the human race had already become estranged from God. Separated from God. Therefore, we are not God's biological children. We must be adopted into God's family. We must be born again. We're not born into God's family by natural birth. We're born into God's family by being born again, by spiritual birth. That's what makes us part of God's family. Those who come to Jesus become children of God. Hang in there with me. Buckle up. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God or the family of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. Further explanation of we are not God's biological children. There's only one biological child of God who is Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Jesus is a biological son of God. Luke chapter 1. Don't be afraid, Mary. You usually hear this at Christmas, right? Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be called the son of the most high. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so that the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Are you following? So what is this actually saying? How does it relate to us today? Jesus is the only biological Son of God, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus had no human father. He couldn't. If he had a human father, the sin, the curse of sin, would have passed on to him. He couldn't have died for our sins. God is Jesus' biological father. Holy Spirit conceived him. Jesus is God's only son, only biological son. God is his father. In order for us to be God's son or daughter, children of, members of God's family, we must be adopted in. We're not biologically in. Is that making any sense to you? How? Glad you asked. This is often missed. To all who believed him and accepted or received him as their Savior and Lord, Jesus, he gave the right, watch this, he gave the right to become children of God. Weren't children of God, came to Jesus, became children of God. Too heavy? How do we become children of God? How are we adopted into the family of God? It's through Christ. Remember, we spent all that time in like the first or second sermon from Ephesians about in Christ, how important that is, that New Testament concept. It's everything. In Christ is everything. And outside of Christ is nothing. It's that important. He's that important. He's that special. Our adoption into the family of God occurs when we accept Jesus as our Savior, one of the spiritual blessings Paul's mentioning in Ephesians that we have in Christ is we become children of God. We may have not realized it at the time, but when we accepted Christ, our familial our familial family status changed. No longer just human sons and daughters, now sons and daughters of God. Thank you. Um, That's a good place for a shout and hallelujah and amen. No longer just merely human sons and daughters. If you've come to Christ, you're now a son or a daughter of the the most high God. You have the same status now. (laughs) You have to understand this statement. You have the same status in God's eyes, in a sense, as Jesus does because you're now a son of God. He calls himself our brother, and we're his brothers and sisters because we have a common father, and that's God. If you came to Christ, God is now your father. You may or, not, may, or may not have known this, but before you come to Christ, God is not your father. There's some huge misconception out there about that statement. We often hear, we're all children of God. Have you heard that? We're all children of God. And it sounds so good. Well, we're all children of God. It leads to erroneous theology. How could God ever send one of his children to hell? Yeah, that, that doesn't compute, does it? Unfortunately, and you will run into... Buko resistance on this. Unfortunately, we are not all children of God. It's true. We are all God's creation. All human beings were created by God, but not all human beings are children of God. Jesus made it very clear to the Pharisees, to the religious leaders, to those who reject him, you're of your father, the devil. And he said, it's easy to tell those who are the children of God and those who are the children of the devil. The children of God cannot continue on in sin without being repentant. The children of the devil sin and sin and sin and don't care about it. Scripture is so clear. There's two camps. There's two fathers, unfortunately. Only those, and this is, this is like strict Teaching. Only those who come to Jesus gain the privilege, gain the right of becoming a child of God. Isn't that what it says on the screen? You read it for yourself. If you want to debate it, if you want to argue it, your argument is with the author of Scripture. That's exactly what it says. The human race lost children of God's status long ago in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Now we must be adopted into the family of God. Thank God for the only true Son of God who was willing to go to the cross to buy back our son and daughter status when we were lost in our sin. Just some scripture on the matter. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Not you are all children of God, period. You are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. God sent him, Jesus, Galatians 4, 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us now to call out Abba, father. We can now address God as father. And Abba actually could be translated daddy. It's a very intimate term. It's not the the, uh, what do you call that when there's two types of language? A high language and kind of a common language. It's not high language for father. It's common everyday language for daddy or papa. That's the relationship we now have with God if we've come to Christ. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. His spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Now we call him Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa, See how very much our father loves us. He calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world, they don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him because they are of their father, the devil. Dear friends, we are already God's children if we've come to Christ. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. We're still in this human flesh, but we are children of God. And as we learned a few weeks ago, we're here and we're seated in the heavenlies with Christ. We're here. We're still human sons and daughters in the human flesh. But we're sons of of God, daughters of God, family members of the true and living God. But we don't yet know what we will be when we fully come in to that adoption. Have you ever heard somebody say, man, he's just like his dad? Well, we want to hear them say that. We're just like our dad. We're just like our dad. Not our earthly dad, Dan. Not our earthly dad. Our heavenly father. There's so much we could say about this. But this is not really a sermon on the topic of children of God. But I would encourage you, if you have some time, study out the thought of the children of God, child of God in the New Testament. It's a fascinating study. This is a sermon on spiritual blessings that belong to those in Christ. And one of those blessings is that those who have come to Christ are adopted in as sons and daughters of God. They're adopted into God's family. So let's go back to our text as we move to a close. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Those who come to Jesus become children of God. I just have to mention a word on that last phrase, though. that last two phrases. Adopting you... I want you to think about you. Often we're like, think about others. Right now I want you to think about you. Focus on you. Adopting you as his child, his son or his daughter, was not something God did begrudgingly. It's something he wanted to do. It's something that brought God great delight, tremendous pleasure to make you his child. Yeah, but you don't know me, Pastor. No, but he does, and he loved and chose you anyhow, and he adopted you and made you a son or a daughter of his and placed you in his family, knowing full well who you are and what you're like. You've heard the expression, God loves us just as we are, and he does. There is another side to that. He loves us too much to stay just as we are, But he loves us just as we are, and that's why he brought us to Christ, and now he's forming, forming, forming Christ in us. Why did he predestine us and bring us to Christ? So he can make us more and more like Christ. So he loves you just as you are, but don't let that be an excuse to just stay like you are. Allow God to change you and make you like Christ. When you're praying for others that you love, a good prayer is, God, Father, form Christ in them. God will always answer that prayer because that's his purpose. Form Christ in them. So listen to this statement. We who were once sinners and enemies of God are now sons and daughters in the family of God. Let's close by learning something about God that you may or may not know again. And it's very interesting and it's kind of up here why did god create man in the first place because god always desired to have a family did you ever think of that why did god create man in the first place because god always desired to have a family he didn't need a family he's self-sufficient But he desired, greatly desired, to have a family. So he created man. That was behind God's command that Adam and Eve were to reproduce. They were to multiply. They were to fill the earth with sons and daughters. This is before the fall. Which before the fall would have been sons and daughters of God. Because Adam and Eve were son and daughter of God. Perfectly created. God created man because he desired to have a family. Why did he want a family? Because God is love, see? And by its very nature, love must share itself with someone who can reciprocate that love. Animals couldn't, angels couldn't, but man, his crowning creation, could. God could love man, and man could love God back out of his free will. But by giving him free will, you had to run the risk that he might choose against God too, which he did. Then God had to go to plan B. I need to redeem the human race. And by Revelation 22, when all the lost souls that are going to come have come, God has his family and he ends this thing. Making sense? God is in the process of making a family of redeemed lost human souls. Because he's loved And he has to share that incredible love with someone who can love him back. And that's man. Adam failed through disobedience and sin. He didn't fulfill the original plan. But the second Adam, read Romans, Jesus Christ is referred to as the second Adam. The second Adam did not fail. And through him, Jesus Christ, God is now building the family that he has so desperately longed for from the beginning. trying to keep it as simple and relatable as possible. And here's the bottom line. Have you come to Christ? If you have, that family now includes you. You're part of God's family. You're in. If you have come to Christ, that family can include you If you haven't yet come to Christ, God's no respecter of persons, the invitation is open every minute of every day for you to come to God, come to God through Christ in faith. God becomes your father, you become a son or a daughter. If you're not sure, remember it said when you become, when you're adopted in, then the Holy Spirit's given to you, and that Holy Spirit resonates with your spirit that you are truly in. If you don't have that resonation that you're truly in, will you talk to me before you leave today? It is that important. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. He's building a family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, in Christ. This is what he wanted to do. This gave him great pleasure. Child of God, it's a spiritual blessing for those who are in Christ. Brandon? Will you come and pray? We'll stand. Sonny, bring the band up, and we'll close today. if you're going to be up here during worship, when a band's playing, don't just run around back and forth. Make sure you're worshiping the Lord. Brandon, wait till everybody's settled. Speak right into the mic, into the green mic, right into it.
1: I had that song from Third Day, Children of God, playing through my head all throughout the sermon. So I wanted to incorporate the lyrics, some of the lyrics to that song in my prayer if you don't mind. Praise to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our God and our King, to him we will sing. In his great mercy he has given us life, now we can be called the children of God. Great is the love that the Father has given us, he has delivered us, he has delivered us. Children of God, sing your song and rejoice for the love that he has given us all. Children of God, by the blood of his Son we have been redeemed and we can be called children of God. Your mystery is revealed to the universe. The Father above has proven his love. Now we are free from the judgment that we deserve. So we are called children of God. Father, it seems un... It is, it's not real. It doesn't seem possible that we can be called your children knowing who we are. But you've made a way that anyone can, Father. No matter who they are, what they've done, if they come to your son, and confess that he is lord and believe in their heart that you raised him from the dead they will be saved and they will be adopted into your family you've made it so anyone can be adopted thank you father thank you for all of the blessings and the promises that come with that we need your help to understand all of that father you're so good and you're so above us you're so high and mighty we praise you praise you for how powerful you are that you are way above our sin, that our sin cannot keep us from you, that our our sin cannot keep your promises from from being true. Thank you, Lord, and praise you, and I ask you to be with us as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.